0: Mysteries in store A hero whose mission is to learn and explore He's daring and caring And knows so much
1: more It's Brigsby Bear
2: Hello and welcome Welcome to the very first uh, Small Screens Film Club live uh, Where we're presenting A film called Brigsby Bear I'm just going to get my notes Because there are more of you than we thought there would be So first of all Thank you so much for coming down um, we're thrilled to have so many of you here. We didn't think there'd be so many people. Um, free movie, I guess. I guess that's it. So <laughs> so um, Alessia and I tend to watch a movie a week together, and then we decided to do this thing where we talk about it together. Um, and it's kind of developed into this. And now we're going to present a, a film for you and then talk about it afterwards. And the film in question is called Brigsby Bear. So what is Brigsby Bear? Um, it's um, a film by a guy called uh, David McCorry, and it stars and was written by Saturday Night Live's Kyle Mooney. Uh, so I don't want to give too much away about the plot, but um, basically it involves a man called James uh, who sets out to finish a story of a children's TV show called Briggsby Bear's Adventures uh, that he used to watch as a child. And this starts off a life-changing journey for James. I'll leave it at that. You can discover the rest. Um, well, I hope you'll enjoy the film and um, maybe join us in the discussion afterwards. We've got a third mic here afterwards, so if you want to say anything, this is basically the film club's opening up. It's not just D'Alessio and I anymore, it's you guys too. So I'll, I'll be asking questions. If you have any thoughts, raise your hands. And we've got some little gifts here, prizes for people that want to talk um yeah and uh, i also like to say a big thank you to all of you who've come down but also to genesis Th- uh, cinema for letting us do this and london fields radio for letting uh, giving us a platform to do small uh, small screens film club uh samad is basically london fields radio so i'd like to thank samad and uh, and yeah enjoy the movie
3: sure came out tonight huh
4: So what's on your mind, now? It's just,
1: there are other people out there just like us, right?
4: And we're all watching be together.
5: It means something. Yeah. Look at the grazer bucks, James.
4: All they need in this world is Water and cold moonlight to charge their rectoskeletons. They're out there every night, surviving just like us. The difference is we have dreams and imaginations to help us
1: escape. But no one can take that away from you, ever.
2: Hello.
5: <laughs> this looks too serious for
2: me. <laughs> we're, used to, we're used to doing this in a small cafe with people drinking coffee and not really listening to us.
5: So where's my coffee? <laughs> well, I guess uh,
6: people are drinking beer. Ju- yes. And they look yes, like they they're listening, which is very stressful. <laughs> so, hello and welcome to
2: Small Screens Film Club. We have all just watched Brigsby Bear. Oh. Now, first off, let's gauge. How did you guys, what did you guys think of it? Like, make some noise if you liked it.
5: They liked it?
2: Yeah, I think they liked it. That's I, th- good. I think they liked the film. Um, so, <laughs> if you're not familiar with how we, how we tend to do things, we basically, I ask Alessia a series of three questions, and then she answers them to the best of her ability. She's very good at it, uh, much better than me, because she, she's, well, I like to think of myself as a, as a film, film fan, a film Buff, but actually, me, yeah. when I start talking about movies, I just end up going, "I like the movie. It's really good." <laughs> I, and this film, I'm probably just going to be like, "I like Mark Hamill." <laughs> yeah,
4: like: looks good.
2: Well, actually, should we should we start the discussion? Like, let's okay, let's set the scene for the film. So
5: I mean, they watched
2: it. They watched so. it, but we are going to be we are recording this, and it will go out. So. For the people, the people that do listen. So it's um, it's a film about somebody, the uh, boy called well, man now called James, that gets abducted, and um, then goes out into the real world. And he's been watching a show called uh, Brigsby Bear Adventures* his whole life, his whole childhood, and he finds it very difficult to um, adapt to normal life. And he wants to find this kind of do well this show, and finish the show, because it's unfinished for him. So it's, um, so I was talking to somebody earlier, and actually uh, he said that it reminded him a lot of the film *The uh, Room, not The Room, Room. Um, <laughs> probably The Room a bit as well in some parts, but uh, it's just a much kind of lighter version. What did, what did you think of it? What, how, how did the film make you feel, Alessia?
5: I thought you were going to ask the question to them today.
2: Well, well, I will do eventually, okay. but you are still part of this show. So what, <laughs> how did the film make you feel?
5: It was a really cute film. I have never watched it before. Did you? Yes. Yes? Yes. That's a cheat Yeah, so I've G2. watched it twice now. Okay. Well, I wasn't informed. Um, but yeah, it was very really cute, and it was a bit sad at the beginning, but yeah, I'd say I like it.
2: I, I think... I th- I mean, one thing that you often talk about is is metaphors. And I think this film is full of metaphors. So,
5: <laughs> Like what?
2: Well, one of, one of them, first of all, fandom. The, like, I look at this film and I see a character like James, uh, played by Carl Mooney, who you might know from uh, SNL. Um, and he, to me, is a Star Wars fanboy or a Star Trek fanboy that just can't accept that any, there's anything else in the world other than Star Wars and Star Trek. And we've heard a lot about that recently with films like The Last Jedi coming out. People get very upset about these films. They take them very seriously and they take them... That it's, it's a personal thing for them. And that's very much the character of, of James. But Imagine if someone's grown up just watch, watching one film. There are people like that out there, actually, that have just watched one film in their lives and it tends to be Star Wars and films like that.
5: It was kind of Star Wars, though, but with a bear.
2: Well, that's then again we talk about Mark Hamill. I think the re- one of the big reasons he's in this is because he plays Luke uh, in in the Star Wars franchise. And actually, we spoke about him before. I love seeing him on screen, and I want to see more of him. And in this film, you get both aspects of Mark Hamill: acting and his voice acting. So he's also very famous uh, for having. Uh, done the voice of the Joker, and after Star Wars, did lots of voice voice work. That's mainly what he did, and it kind of it leans into that. And it's very, I think it's very, his casting is very deliberate. You probably know less about that than me because you're not really a Star Wars fan.
5: Well, I wouldn't say I am, but I I had to watch them all, yeah, multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> not not my fault. <laughs>
6: Sounds like you were forced. No. Get it? The force? <laughs> Sorry. Ah. The force
5: forced me. <laughs> nice. So, so,
6: what so one I'm, the, thing- I'm the comic relief.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, what, one thing we wanted to do was we bought a bunch of goodies for you guys. And um, my, the first question is, uh, how, does this film, how did this film make you feel? And if anyone wants to answer that question, you're going to get a, D- a, DVD, a Blu-ray of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and a, an incredible poster that's, uh, that was illustrated by uh, Guillaume over there uh, of Brigsby Bear. Uh, so does anyone want to answer that really philosophical Werner Herzogian question? How did this film make you feel? Yes, in the front row.
0: Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I'm absolutely loving this front row seat tonight. Um, so how did the film make me feel? Um, I think... It, I went through various stages in in this film as the plot unfolded. Um, Probably the most gripping part was for me the beginning, um, because despite, Edward, your quick introduction to what this film's all about, I was just extremely confused for a very long time, just not quite understanding this uh, rather random place... That he was in it was very dystopian as i'm being whispered to by ben my my, my friend next to me that's a very good description ben so it, it was dystopian confusing and and actually quite weirdly quite gripping because at the same time as being a bit like of an amateur type sort of setup actually it was really um it sort of really unfolded something that was very coherent and logical when um when the police arrived and then i mean that, that confusion kind of gradually unfolds as, uh, into something sort of more positive, more happy, as, uh, as you see this guy sort of coming into his own. And, um, and my take on it, really, is that in doing this, finishing this um, Bigsby Bear um, series, he's actually overcoming, in a way, his Stockholm Syndrome, right? So his father's been um, feeding him this sort of uh, propaganda, or, or, I don't know, sort of uh, this drug... And actually, by becoming the director of this of this uh, franchise, he's effectively overcoming his captor uh, by by take by assuming his role. Um, so that was my take on it.
2: That's a f- that's a very that's good, a good take point. on the film. I think yeah, you uh, What's your name? David. David. <laughs> Thank you, David. Here's your and
6: copy of Spider-Man.
2: Yeah. Shall
5: we Shall we listen <laughs> and to? A,
2: and and yeah, pretty cool poster.
5: Shall we listen to yeah. the
2: other one? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, another one.
4: Can I go straight from what he said? Yeah, of or course. Yeah, my yeah, first yeah. My take on it. Uh, sorry. Uh, I, I didn't take quite a, a gr- such a grim approach to the him taking over it. Uh, Grimsley Bear. I thought it, it was more about him getting closure on everything that happened. And I don't think he sees his fake data as a captor. I think he, it was, for him, Grimsley Bear was... His life, and it was joy. And I think he was grateful to his father, fake father, for giving him that. Otherwise, the story would have been extremely, extremely grim. And I think the scene where he's with Mark Hamill and he asks him to do the voice for him is really him saying, I'm taking control of my life now. You gave me this, but it's mine now. And what you did to me is not going to define who I am. I am taking. C- taking control of it now. So to me, this movie was extremely hopeful. I loved it, especially the supporting characters. They really show you the humanity that is to be found in everyone. Uh, Because this guy's so weird, but everyone was open-minded and even those who weren't came around eventually just seeing like, there's just a guy trying to get his life back.
5: And he doesn't really seem bitter when he sees him at the end. I think it just seems like...
4: I think that's the comparison with Room as well. I felt it as well, because the beauty of Room is that you get to see this horrible situation through the innocence of a child. And here we have James that's also innocent, because he never grew up. And through that you don't get hate, you don't get those awful feelings that we were feeling when we found out that they had held him captive we we had all this prejudice against uh, his fake parents but James didn't have any of that and that was that's what made the story so special
2: he's kind of like a pure a, a pure soul compared as the first the scene where he goes to the party i thought was quite interesting because that's the first time he kind of gets uh,
5: he, meet people yeah well meet,
2: but it's the first time he takes drugs it's the first time he comes into contact with you know a fe- a woman a female a woman um yeah. And it, I oh, thought amen. that I thought that scene was was really quite interesting because it was you were seeing him break free, and also the fact that it was all far too much for him in the end, and he just you know, passes out. Um, but no, that's both. I think both of your takes are, are 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 really valid. I also think they're quite they're quite similar, kind of linked in certain ways as well. But it's someone, I I saw it as someone to, um, overcoming men, in a way almost kind of mental health to a to a certain degree, kind of. Um, owning, owning what's happened happened to you, and being being in a position where you this person doesn't hasn't been uh, hasn't seen real life really has, has been le- left put in a box his whole life, and having to overcome that and actually owning that as well. It was c- considering that it's kind of a, it's a comedy. There's a lot of stuff going on in this film.
5: I think it's a bit of a self-healing process at the end because they're trying to cure him but he cures himself, just kind of, like you said, owning his experience.
2: And everyone gets it wrong,
6: apart from his family in the end. But here, let, have, have your uh, your prizes.
5: Andrea.
4: Uh,
6: thank you, Andrea, for your very serious answer. I, I feel like you deserve a copy of transporting 2. Yeah, and that's a, it's a very, that's very special copy of <laughs> that He's the only
2: one we have. <laughs> yeah.
5: Just yeah. so I you found know. It, was like, very special.
6: Yeah, in the front yeah, row
2: again. I, I have
3: a quick question oh.
6: actually to the both of you, and I don't know if you thought about it as well watching the movie. I tend to project myself in a movie, and the question that I, I kept—I don't have an answer. But if you had to be stuck all your life watching one TV show, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what it is. It would be Lost from season yeah, one to three. Yeah. And um,
5: are you sure? Wouldn't be Jane the Virgin forwards
6: and backwards? But what would it be for you? <laughs> That's a hard one. That, that is a difficult one, I mean... Um, you can
2: start by that if you want. Yeah.
5: A very long one, I guess. Which
2: Friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Um, probably the early seasons of The X-Files. Not, not the later seasons.
5: I don't know. I'd, I'd probably go for funny.
2: House. Ah, interesting.
1: Yeah, just because that final swan song episode at the end is worth watching the whole series through. Hmm. So you get to the over final Over and over one, think, and
5: over again for all No one's saying
1: it's on loop 24-7.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were specific to
2: me. <laughs> maybe, the, actually, maybe for me it'd be just the Star Wars movies over and over again. I was talking about no, the Star yeah. Wars fandom at the beginning. <laughs> and it. Probably, probably out it of topic. Be, including <laughs> the prequels.
1: No, no. Yes? Yeah, no, I was just going to say it's, it's quite refreshing how it kind of veered away from all the stereotypes that you usually see in films. So um, quite often in a film like this you'd see the medical side trying to come in and weigh in and the effects of that when he's in the in the institution, but also you'd see the cops are straight firing and they're not going away from their principles. And you would be more of a, I mean, we have the character journeys and the narrative evolving with the character, ch- uh, with everyone's perception of him who changes, but then all those kind of stereotypical positions as well around him, the ones that aren't in the limelight, the ones that are, who are in the shadows around him, they're actually quite, Atypical, I found, which is quite really refreshing. Because yeah, as I say, the, the cop that comes out and helps him, kind of thing. Even his assistant by the end is, is laughing his head off when his colleagues mouthing the words um, to the film. Spoiler, but yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, it's it, a film it just you can spoil the film. Awesome, yeah. but so no, everyone I, dies. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right, and and I actually think
2: what's really interesting is, is um, James's attitude is infectious in this film. Everybody wants to be a part of his film. In the end, um, including his par- his real parents at the end, that were really against it to begin with. I was half expecting um, them to put uh, Claire Danes in the um, the uh, kind of the shrink, kind of this getting honestly. When you're watching that, she's getting everything absolutely wrong, and it, I think well,
5: that's because she's playing by the book. But yeah, yeah, not yeah, I'd everything.
1: Say, I'd say that she's probably the only one though, as well in that atypical kind of form, whereby. In a situation like that, it would be the shrink, Claire Danes, who helps the family understand. Well, he has to connect with his pain to get past his pain. Whereas here, she's actually the only one who, quite weirdly, is sticking to her guns and, and kind of. Whereas usually in the film, it, it will be her who's pushing everyone to change to understand the character. So again, it's that eightable kind of, kind of those shadow characters that are just sticking to their moulds and kind of or breaking them essentially. So,
2: thank you very much for that, Ben. Is uh, I think you've got a present. You've got a, well, I say present a
1: surprise. <laughs> I am going to say one last thing though. Um, I don't think there's anyone left on the front row, so other people should start talking as well. There's a hand back there, so. And
2: let's, another-
5: let's keep him for the next. another the-
1: another question
2: that we that we tend to ask is. Um, oh, we got have we got a few more people yeah. asking?
7: Yeah. By the way, it's the Wire, man. That's the only show that I'd watch endlessly forever. Um, I will say, I have seen this film before, um, so it was kind of nice to see it for a second time. Because the first time I watched it, I was like, OK, I really don't know where this is going. Because I, all I knew was the tagline. And I was like, what I find interesting about this movie is it takes this really dark and twisted thing, and it just kind of like does it in the most benign way possible. So his captors turn out to be actually actually quite sympathetic. like. And I th- One of the things I really like is when it goes back to Mark Hamill right at the end. And it's like, he doesn't have this big confrontation. He's just like, man, I just want you to do the voices because, because Brigsby means so much to me. And I think that you touched on something about it being about fandom. And how through this obsessive love of Brigsby, he gets all these new friends and they all make the movie together. And I think it's really just, that's the kind of thing that I really like about it is it just kind of takes this dark thing and it's just like, actually, it's actually all right. Like, we're going to do, he's, he's kind of gained something from it in a weird kind of way. And Yeah, and it
2: go, it, I, think you're, I think you're right. And it, Thank you very much for saying that you agree with me. Not many people <laughs> do. It never <laughs> happens. Yeah, it never happens on, on our show. Uh, <laughs> no, but you're, you're definitely, yeah, your
6: prizes, well done. Oh, thanks. Um, enjoy. <laughs> I, felt, I felt that too. Like the fandom relationship, can we forgive like the creator's mistakes? Just looking at the um, the piece of art. That,
2: that's his relationship
6: much... with Michael Jackson and the Thriller album. I know what he did. <laughs> it's wrong. That's a great album. That's a much much larger question there, <laughs> and and one <we'll, laughs>
2: that's coming up a lot at the moment. And uh, I, th- my, I have problems with myself. Can you can you watch a film that that's I mean. Can I watch a Woody Allen movie anymore? Oh my god! Yeah,
5: <laughs> you went that way. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Are we going there? Uh, I don't
2: know. No, no, next question. Yes. No
0: comments. have
2: right. oh, got another question <laughs> at the back.
0: Hi. Oh, um, I really liked how it brought closure to his um, that whole element of his life that he just experienced, um, and I liked how it was sort of a ther- it was sort of therapeutic for him in a way, like the psychiatrist and all that. Everyone kept trying to tell him just sort of let go and move on, but the only way that he could do that was by sort of bringing closure to this part of his life and, like, confronting it head-on. And you could see that, like, towards... Right at the end, after the film had finished, he saw Briggs be in the corner of his eye and he, like, like teleported away, signifying, like, the, that part of his... He'd overcome that now and he could sort of move on. So I really liked how it was very satisfying in the end for uh, in him overcoming that.
2: No, you're definitely right. Um, I think that that goes back to the ownership we were talking yeah. about. Somebody owning um, yeah, you know, own, owning their, their past and also um, in, in doing that being able to actually have a future in the real world. Yeah. those to abs- the chapter. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm
6: yeah. just going to give you... Thank you. We have
2: another... Um, have, you a a fr- have, a, have another question at the front. Oh, no,
4: not really uh, a question. Okay. Um, just, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, I just something that someone said, um, how we were sympathetic towards the parents at the end. I thought, I I really like that about the film, because everyone in this film was a complex character. As you said, no one's a stereotype. Uh, And the captors are that as well, because we get Mark Hamill saying like, yeah, when your mother brought you home, that implies to me, the backstory I created for this character is like, she's very mentally ill. And him was just trying to be a good husband and trying to support her and did the best he could with the circumstance. And I think that's why James is, uh, grew up to be such a strong character, uh, where he, even though everyone around him was saying, like, you need to get rid of Grisby, it's not right, like, he knew who he was and he knew what was good for him. And that's why he was, his attitude was so infectious. Because it's nice to, be with someone that's unapologetic of what they love, of who they are. And I think that's fantastic. Also about watching a Woody Allen film, I would say oh <laughs> it sucks, but so many other people worked on that film, and I don't think they deserve to be punished for his actions. It's same with Kevin Spacey. Like I, sh- I watched Baby Driver the other day, and I could not see... Kevin Spacey, to me, he was horrible and I hated him every second he wasn't on the screen. But everything else about the movie was amazing and Edgar Wright's amazing. And Woody Allen films, whether we like it or not, are amazing so while I wouldn't watch it in a cinema because I wouldn't want to give money to that man, I would watch it elsewhere because I think the actors and the screenwriter and all of everyone who worked in the film deserves recognition, it's not just about one person.
2: Uh, I think you are right, it is a difficult question to answer, uh, we're probably not going to answer <laughs> yeah, it here tonight, yeah. it's such a difficult question. Do, do you
6: think someone's going to dress as Kevin Spacey and, and finish House of Cards? <laughs> <laughs> I've got someone here, sorry.
1: <laughs> hi hi, everyone, um, so I was watching it and I, was, I thought it was a really nice film, like tugged on my heartstrings and everything. Um, but when I was watching it, and I thought it, this was quite weird, and I don't know if anyone else thought this, or you guys will agree or disagree, but at one point, I almost felt like he was feeling like his uh, captors, the, the odd parents, were almost heroes to him, and that they almost turned his real parents into sort of the antagonists at one point. I don't know if that was just me picking up on that, or if anyone else thinks that.
5: Well, for him, they weren't bad you know, they didn't actually do anything bad to him, of course, apart the kidnapping. Uh, but for him, that was, was his life, and they were loving parents. So I, I guess, I've never been kidnapped, but I guess uh, <laughs> it's difficult then to just think, oh, they were bad, bye. The new parents.
2: Well, the, his actual parents. Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. Well, that's because they didn't understand him. They yeah. were so fixed on their ideas and their pain. And, yeah, they just didn't even try to understand what he was going through and how he was thinking it.
2: But that goes back to what you were saying earlier about uh, having so many chari- multifaceted characters in this movie. So you think about what they must have gone through as par- losing their child... Um, uh, for he's what is he twenty five? Well, I think? he looks older. He looks apparently. older. Um, I think,
5: <laughs> yeah. Apparently, that's the funniest thing I've said <laughs> until now. But <laughs> 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 I,
2: I think that uh, yeah, you you do you get that sense as well, which is a testament to the film as well. It it, it, it ma- bizarre that, well I don't know how they managed to do it, but they managed to represent so many di- different and varied characters in actually quite a short runtime. Um, and uh, it's I think it's something that's, yeah, it's testament to the film, but also the fact that this, I don't know I, I don't know if you want to talk about this a bit, but this is a, a Lonely Island production. So are, are you guys yes. familiar with, with the Lonely Island? So Andy Sandberg is an is a, a SNL kind of alumni. Who wants
5: to sing the song? Do you want to <laughs> sing the song? <laughs> no, no, I don't,
2: I don't, I don't want to sing the song. But this, I find it really interesting that... Um, people that are involved in, in this kind of comedy, in Saturday Night Live and, and The Lonely Island, which is part of Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live as well, but they can they, they can pinpoint these things really quite accurately. And it, and it's, it shows how important, I think, comedy is.
0: Good
5: comedy. Yeah. Because, you know, not everybody can do what they do.
2: No, well, yeah, I think... You, you met well. Some, I think somebody mentioned it before, likening this to the room. But this is—it represents similar ideas, but in a more almost palatable way. If you if you watch the room, that's a really harrowing watch, um, and afterwards you feel like you just want to cry for hours. The, this film isn't isn't that. Yet it's representing the same ideas. I also—I don't know if you did—I also saw a bit of the disaster artist in this film, um, especially the the final scene. Um, you remember The Disaster Us, isn't you? The Tommy Wiseau making of the most incredible film of all time. Uh, and that last scene in particular reminded, <laughs> reminded me of that. But I think there's someone in the audience who wants to say something. Sorry, sir, I feel
1: like I'm totally harking back now.
5: No, 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 <laughs> um, of course. Yeah, again, I, I tried to explain this film to my parents um, and they immediately saw Room at the weekend. But I think it's kind of a nice thing because it's a massive like really quick transition from childhood to adulthood and finding all your friends and everything that we think is nice about all of that, but he discovered it with all within like about like a few weeks, which is probably why we all like it, because we're like, oh, none of our lives are like that. I'm 19 again, yeah. <laughs> no, 19, no.
6: Yeah, but that, that's, that's an interesting point. That's How good. old is he actually? I, I'm 25. <laughs> Apparently? no, he's older. I think yeah. the actor definitely is older, but I think the character... No, but even, like... And they kidnapped him when he was, like, a toddler. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A, baby. a baby. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, they took him from the hospital. Um, I, I want to say what I liked, actually. Yeah? Um, I liked... Uh, in, in the middle of the movie, I realized how how horrible is that story, basically. Mm. And I felt guilty a bit at some point for laughing. I love dark humor, but I was I realized about let's say three-quarters of the movie, um, how fucked up it is. And we were just like, ha, 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 never touched a girl, ha, 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 It's just like super sad story. And apart from like, yeah, meeting a group of friends, nothing really good happened. It's just discovering the world at the at age 35, I, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> 25, yeah. But I'm surprised how much I laughed in, um, and you know you hear this type of story a lot in the news. Mm. People mm. locked up in the in the bas- basement, and as soon as you forget the jokes, it's a pretty dark story. And going back to uh, what you said, mate, at the beginning, I thought I, I haven't seen the trailer, and you told me don't watch anything. You know, just come as a surprise. And I thought it would be like some kind of sci-fi thing because I believed totally the the story of the virus. That don't go out. You know, I can't breathe uh, for five minutes. Come on, like. I don't but I was really surprised when the cops arrived. I was like, oh no, oh, this is gonna be really sad. <laughs> so I like the, w- the way the movie tricked me, like in a s- scenario way and also emotionally, because I laughed. But now we're all talking about it with no music. and <laughs> It's really sad. With, with no one in a bear costume <laughs> either. That would be quite nice. Uh, at the back, uh, I'm, I'm really sorry. Or do you want another? I can give you another DVD, though. Like. <laughs> we've got a lot Anybody? We've got a lot of
5: it. You can have Spider-Man. Yeah. Do you want Spider-Man? You can have spider <laughs> Or maybe
6: we can move to the second yeah. type of question, so, which is... So the second question... God, we, we spent
2: ages on the first question. Uh, the second question is, uh, what stood out for you uh, in this film? So I think everybody knows what stood out for me. See, seeing must see Mark Hamill <laughs> <laughs> on screen
5: seriously they know you like what 20 minutes
2: i know but you don't you don't see, they already know. you really don't see him enough and and um i, I think it, i think there are lots of there's the casting itself was really interesting and, and it made me think um and that's the kind of person i am yeah i'm a i'm a fanboy i I, 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 like I just
6: remember you said to a friend two days ago hey you should come mark hamill is in the movie <laughs> yeah I, d- I said that yeah i did and and he's literally like 10, 15 minutes.
2: Yeah, but he's yeah. But he, he, he's quite his his scenes are quite poignant. Anyway, he's uh, so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> What's stood that for you, Alessia? Not Mark Hamill. Uh,
5: well, mm, not necessarily. No. It was more the yeah the fact that they kind of make you forget that the story is actually really sad. Like the first thing I thought about was the girl that was abducted like in Germany, I think, for fifteen years or something. That was the first thing I thought about. But then I was like, oh. Then I thought about Kim Schmidt a bit, I have to say. Uh-huh.
6: <laughs> no, same thing. I start yeah. thinking of stories, of real stories, like yeah. in Belgium. I hope nobody's from Belgium, but, like, like oh. I thought about this and, and news clips. and.
5: Was it Belgium or was it Germany? <laughs>
6: for sure, it's Belgium. I hope nobody's <laughs> from Belgium. <laughs> so what stood out for sorry. anyone in the audience? Yes. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. Quick, so far, quick. man. Get, get over there, Samad. You told me I want to run.
5: No DVD for you. Sorry.
3: <laughs> so, like, a, um, the overall production value of the film, I mean, like, you can talk about the acting and, and all these things and the, the metaphors and the narrative, but from an actual film point of view, it was like relatively flawless. Um, besides some of the issues maybe with the whole of the opening sequence or whatever, the production sign, the whole thing itself... Because I'm assuming it's quite an independent production company that made is, the film. Yeah. It was. It was like quite. It was stellar on like a comp- on like a, a main point. Everything fused together really well. And I thought that the runtime, being it was like two and a half hours long, it something crazy. Like you really didn't feel like is that 150 minutes. I think the film was or something. I think it's 140. I think 140. That's yeah, what yeah, I was that's, told that's by the that's cinema. Quite, it's quite long, like yeah. especially for this kind of film. Um, Especially a film that shows, you know, so many, not necessarily expected scenes, but the whole of the party thing, all this kind of. We're quite used to seeing these kinds of formats of scenes. I thought the whole thing actually, surprisingly, went along very well. Like maybe it's a mixture of all the different crew like members of the crew, whatever. But the main point was the cinematography of the film was like really great. Hmm. Like some of the framings were really quite. Um, potent, if you think about it, especially how they framed him like when he's in the police car and stuff mm-hmm. um, and so for me that was the one thing, I kept watching it and I it kept being very standout like the cinematography of the film above all the other things that were already working so well and so I, I was just quite surprised to see it in a film like this you know? Do you happen to be a filmmaker? No
6: <laughs> <laughs> Can you call this movie a comedy?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah I'm usually pretty sure you, you do. You
6: don't see comedy w- with so much attention to the cinematography. And um, it's just because you spoke about Adam Sandler before. You can't say they're masterpieces of photography. Uh, Andy Sandberg. Uh, Andy, Sandberg. <laughs> Andy Sandberg. No, <laughs> no but, uh, but I'm, I'm thinking different. of Sandler now. <laughs> I'm thinking of Sandler. His movies, they're not really about the cinematography. they're, oh, all, they're, about, they're like, all about the cinematography. <laughs> like, physical <laughs> Have you comedy am really stupid. But... This was beautiful, and I forgot to ask, like, who directed the movie? Uh, oh, God, da- David <laughs> yeah. Mc- David McQuarrie. <laughs> is, it, is it his first film? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's really nice. And now I'm going to run to the other side. It's the last time I do that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, will get, you will get a, a DVD and a, and a poster. Don't worry.
4: Well, to you, if you want to see a nice comedy that is well-directed and looks beautiful, Submarine is fantastic. Yeah. There are a few... A Richard
2: but Wadi film, isn't it? Submarine. Did you say Submarine? Submarine, yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah, it's a great film. So I think there are some comedy films that do take care of the cinematography and the actually care about directing it properly. But uh, I think there are only now starting to become more mainstream. There used to be very small indie productions. And to go back to what you said, and everyone, I think, has mentioned about this being a comedy, but uh, such a dark story, I think that's what makes it so special because if we had watched The Room, I think we'd all just been completely depressed and we wouldn't have to. We wouldn't have room, wanted not, to not have... Room, room, not The
2: Room. <laughs> if we'd watched The Room, everyone would be in hysterics right now. It would be a completely different Seriously, setting. Seriously, funniest film ever made.
4: Yeah, yeah but, but we wouldn't have wanted to have these conversations about uh, kidnappings and what the story, how the story made us feel because we just wouldn't want to feel it again. So we don't want to talk about it. We don't like to talk about what we don't like to feel. And that's what's so great about comedy, that it allows us to have these conversations that would otherwise be impossible.
2: No, you're, you're definitely right, yeah. There's... Um, one of the great things about comedy is you actually you can experience go you can look at some really dark subject matter through comedy and that's exactly what this film did um i think we're going to do do one one more on this question and then we've got one last question and
1: i think i, I think we'll leave
2: it at it's that it's not so
1: much a question just i can't categorize the film easily so i don't know if it's a light-hearted drama or if it's a comedy about a dark, sub- uh, about a kind of very important dark subject. I, I, I'm having difficulty figuring out where it is. I mean, it's like a balloon tied down by a piece of lead. I don't know. It's kind of like bobbing up and down between the two, but it's not quite deciding where it is, which I think makes it stand out all the more. Yeah. But that was just to say that, because yeah, it was to bounce I mean off what you were saying, essentially. Um, so, yeah.
5: It's good comedy. Comedy ha- needs to talk about things that are not necessarily happy but make, like, kind of transform them in a way that they can be acceptable for our mind, in a sense. So that's the only way. Otherwise, if we just watch the movie about our kidnapping, then, you know.
1: So the comedy is being used as mm-hmm. a tool to make the subject yeah. more approached, approachable, Yeah, it's like,
5: it's like irony, in a sense, you know. You can be a bit bitchy, I kind of think. <laughs> yeah. He said fuck before it's funny. Did you? <laughs> Swear fest. Um, yeah. Yes, it's funny Yeah, but at, at the same time in general, even when what I find funny is I, quite I dark and ironic and quite a yeah, bitchy sometimes. But I think
1: it's great cuz it just keeps that balance just right. So it's like Oh yeah, otherwise it's, it's just yeah in the middle, and it's no, never tipping so much into the absurd on the comedy side. So you don't have a completely trippy sequence mm-hmm. when he's on drugs or something like that. Yeah. And it never n- goes into the dark side of it either, where he breaks down in tears because of the situation he's in mm-hmm. or anything like that either. So so he does keep that even keel and walks a tightrope, mm-hmm. essentially, between the two. Yeah, it
5: doesn't have, not, doesn't have to be awkward. It's like, the level of, you know...
1: Exactly, yeah.
2: So I think the very last question... I ask, is um, how would you rate this film? So we we don't like doing conventional ratings because we've been talking about it now, and I think I think everybody in this room liked the film. Yeah,
6: yeah. yeah. yeah? yeah. Um, but how, what would you what would you give um, it? Sorry, Ed. It, did anybody didn't like the movie actually? Yeah. No. No. Then we'll. Uh, oh, like <laughs> I thought you liked <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> One person. Are you Hey, wait, 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 wait.
4: The friend that was with me, she had to leave, but the first thing she told me is like, I'm very sad now. Oh,
5: really? Huh? Yeah, so... She doesn't like bears. Mm. <laughs> She's scared Thank of you. bears.
2: Well, I, th- I think it's, for me, as a rating, hmm? I would give it eight and a half Mark Hamill's out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> You're
5: so obsessed. Um, I probably gave eight bears head.
2: Yeah that that bear by the way if you've got the uh it's the amazing. it's amazing. It it's is it is amazing that bear. I want that bear. I do want that bear. It's kind of creepy but I I think I want that bear. <laughs> I,
5: don't, I don't find it creepy.
2: And the bears on the poster. So if you want the poster. Yeah, we have spare posters. We have spare posters. <laughs> you can uh, come come and get them. And I th-
6: spoiler alert, we have more DVDs as well. Yeah. Bit, so. <laughs> voilà. so
2: if anyone feels like grabbing one, please uh please do. Uh I think that'll about uh wrap it up for today. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, thank you so much for watching the film with us. Uh, this was this was great. Um, I really We really enjoyed doing this. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Um, and if you want to listen to what we do, uh, it tends to be a bit more uh, streamlined than this. Uh, Less people. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's Small Screens Film Club and you can find that on well, it's on I- uh, London Fields Radio, London iTunes, Fields Radio.
6: Yeah. Uh, any podcast platform. Yeah. And your website. And screen. my
2: website, small small screen, where I talk about Mark Hamill all the time. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> no, talk
6: and about, mo- thank talk about to, movies. Thank you to all of stuff. us for this experience. It's the first one, and uh, I just want to say for me, it's, it's a success. So thank you all for coming. Big round of applause to yourself.
2: Yeah. yeah. And the uh, yeah.
6: The film club has opened up, which is thank nice. Thank you, thank you, the Genesis. Thank yeah. You again. yeah, we forgot. Thank you very much,
2: Genesis.